This is episode 42. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. That's Rob McLean. The episode starts right now. All around me are familiar faces, worn out spaces, worn out places. Listen, when you lose, you got to shut up, but it don't mean I don't have that same energy. We got a lot to talk about. The Brooklyn Nets, are they going to add a beard to their lineup? Is James Harden going to join them? Of course, we got our NFL pick six. Got winners and losers, host against the, uh, against the guests. But first things first, let's talk about the elephant in the room because from now, I mean, from this point on for the rest of the weeks, it seems like the Buffalo Bills are all over the news, in my opinion, in a bad way. Courtesy of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray brings Rob McLean, sorry, episode 42. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. That is Rob Keeper McLean McLean. I am Jason DeBeers. Good. Now, now we move on. What's good, Rob? Tell him what's good. What's oh, good. All right. So, <laughs> Kyler Murray, former um, Oklahoma quarterback, Boomer Sooner, second-year quarterback in the NFL, brings new meaning to the term Hail Mary as he heaves one into the end zone and beats the Buffalo Bills 32-30. to Rob. Your reaction on the throw and your reaction to their victory and as far as momentum where you think this can take the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, you know, a great throw. I, I think if you just put yourself in that situation, um, of course, I think they'd love to have win in a little more handily, uh, you know, a, a little bit better fashion, but um, a win is a win. Uh, and I just think that they're growing as a team. You know, they're still a young team. You know, look at this. I mean, he, Kyler just, man, he just gets out of trouble all the time. You know, he's got some of the quickest feet I've ever seen. Like, he literally can run at somebody and then run away from them before they can even take a step. Like, it's pretty crazy. Um, but, yeah, I just think he's he's a talent, you know, and now he's got a, a wide receiver. You know, all these kind of things came together this year. DeAndre Hopkins, man, you know, he high points balls. Uh, Andy Isabella, another super speedster. Uh, I just think they just, uh, you know, same with the Bills. I think they're a team growing and learning and and seeing what they can do. Uh, And, you know, I just think the Cardinals have a a very bright future, especially in the immediate term um, in the next two or three years. But I think they're just going to keep exciting teams, you know, winning against teams they're not supposed to win against, you know, because teams are not really sure exactly how to prepare for them. Uh, And then uh, against teams they're not, you know, maybe they're trying to do something a little different or they're expecting to kind of play a better game against. They kind of, you know, lose sight and maybe, you know, lose against teams they're not supposed to lose against. So I still think, you know, Arizona is a big dark horse no matter what their record is going to be, you know. Um, But at the end of the day, they're going to, um, they're going to have a great chance to uh, get to the playoffs this year. Rob, keep him a clean McLean. It's no secret. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Now, two days ago, I was a prisoner of the moment 
almost in tears because there was a lot of drama in that game and there was a lot of back and forth action with two very capable quarterbacks who I think you both both of us concede weren't having their best day as far as like producing stats and being dominant but the element of being fighters was to be to be redundant visibly omnipresent Right, Josh was struggling, but he was a fighter, and you knew he's going to keep out gunning and slinging and running. Kyler Murray, not one of his best games. You know, lost the ball, I believe, on a fumble. You know, got a ball intercepted off of um, Fitzgerald's hand. <laughs> it like bounced off his hand and into one. So I mean, you wow. don't fault you don't fault him too much for that. But but you know, twenty two or thirty two sound like good numbers, but not really what you think. Two forty five, right? A score and an interception. Josh Allen, you know, thirty two or forty nine. Forty nine. He was a throwing machine because his running game was nowhere to be found right Zach Moss 20 yards rushing Singletary four rushes on 15 yards I mean the, if your leading rusher <laughs> is your quarterback Josh Allen 38 yards rushing on seven attempts that's a problem so the man has 50 attempts you know there's going to be more mistakes so two touchdowns two picks quarterback rating nothing to be to write home about 81 percent for Josh 89 96 uh, percent for Kyler which is actually better than average I really loved watching the game because you got the sense, and I know obvious is obvious, but I got to say it like this. You, you got the sense that whoever had the ball last was going to win. They weren't going to fail. They weren't going to get picked off. They weren't going to fumble. They weren't going to go out on four downs. Whoever got the ball last was going to win. And I could, I would have bet my house Buffalo did because when Josh Allen scored, he only left 34 seconds on the clock. So, but not this guy. This this dude. Let's go back and show it again. This one. All right. First of all, D Hop. We're not going to talk that much about because D Hop. There's a reason why they call him D Hop. The man jumped over three people. Okay, and you can't think of three better defenders than than Poyer, Hyde, and Josh Norman was in this game as, and at this game for COVID. But three of your most experienced defenders, and this man has freaking i don't know what you call it what, what would they call that in the 80s that they put that stuff on their hands and make it stick stick them right stick yeah, them stick them hands it's just ridiculous and kyle murray's like i think it happened okay all right whatever this and that but i want to see the throw again i want to see i want to show you how difficult this throw is to make i mean yeah he was doing Watch on the this. run he did now, it a, like right hand quarterback rolls to his left shakes a tackle that tackle yeah that guy makes that tackle the game's over right so this is the guy instead of rolling to his right which a lot of right-handed quarterbacks do he rolls left um and in, and manages to shake a tackle where if that guy just stayed in his lane and didn't try to go for like the highlight hit where like kyler murray left you hugging air if he just stayed in his lane I think Kyler Murray probably gets the ball off anyway, but at least he has help coming in and it doesn't buy Kyler more time. So now going to your left, almost running out of bounds, goes against your throwing mechanics. Now you have to posture up this way and then let the ball loose. And then it's just a very, very difficult throw. And some people call it lucky, but you and I both know that luck is the residue of design. Um, And it is a little lucky, but at the same time, you have to make the throw. Like Kawhi Leonard got that shot game seven. Remember the one that like tapped off the rim like five different times? They call mm-hmm. that a lucky shot, but he still has to make the shot. He still has to, the ball. He still has to get the ball off. It's not going to yeah. leave his hands and, and have an understanding and empathetic, uh, you know, be, have empathy to his plight and just going on its own. So, um, but I'm over it. 
I'm over it because seven and three right now for the Buffalo Bills is a good problem. Do we want eight and two going into the bye week? Sure, but seven seven and three is your worst case scenario against a team that that's competing just like you. That if they played that again, that game again, it could go either way. Whoever has it last. I'm just yeah, very absolutely. very. I want to talk about Buffalo because I know the whole week is about Kyler Murray, but I'm very, very blessed to have a quarterback on the team that I love that's going to fight every week and that isn't afraid to make big throws and when Because everyone says they, every sport, everyone says they want to be in that moment, but they really don't. Be real. They don't. They don't want that sauce. They don't want that A1. Um, I want to ask you a question, but if there's something you wanted to add to that, you could definitely answer that at the same um, before before you answer this. Please. Um, oh yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, I just I feel like um, Kyler Murray, man, he's just uh, the same thing you're talking about with his foot, like with uh, him throwing that pass. Uh, it's really just about footwork, you know. A lot of players will just throw the ball off off balance, you know, off their opposite shoulder, or just you know turn around a little bit and just you know fling it um, like Aaron Rodgers does. Watch this shit again. Go ahead. He, he he goes, you know, like he's throwing in the pocket on the sideline, you know, like yeah. he that's how his feet become when he throws the ball. He's not facing the sideline. He's facing, you know, his receiver and then he throws the ball with perfect technique. And I, a lot of that is just him being fast enough to get his feet underneath him uh, and throw that ball. So it's just um, I just think he has phenomenal balance as a player. He's incredibly fast and uh and he does it as a quarterback, you know. He doesn't do it as a running quarterback. He does it as a quarterback, and I still think he has a lot of growing up to do as a quarterback. Uh, you know, in the pocket, finding his men on you know short and intermediate routes. Um, but I think he's just a phenomenal quarterback, and great things to come. Do you enjoy the liberty that is that the head coach gives him to be a running quarterback? Because I know a lot of these coaches want their quarterbacks to be traditional. No, I need you to be more of a pocket passer. And I think if you look at some of the quarterbacks where like the, their their ability to scramble and run uh, and break one is part of their game. But at the same time, when you you, ha- you end up with a wrong coach, it ta- and and they they veer away from that too much. They they lose their value as a quarterback. And next thing you know, people think they're not good quarterbacks. So my question to you is. Do you enjoy the freedom that that Kingsdale's given him? I mean, absolutely. Sixty-one yards within, rushing. within reason though. Like Pat Mahomes can be a, a running quarterback, you know, but he doesn't have to because he is such a talent behind the tackles. He's yay tall, you know. He's yay big. He doesn't need to do that. Kyler Murray, as good as he's going to be as a quarterback, he's going to need to run. You know, Michael Vick, you know, as as great of a quarterback as he could have been in the pocket, he was still 6'1", under 200 pounds. You know, that's just the way it is. He was a small guy. And Murray's Uh, 5'10", and I'm being gracious. Exactly, you know, and I think this is the problem with what's happened with Russell Wilson is I think he's a great quarterback, but I don't see him making a lot of, uh, you know, passes to tight ends short over the middle. You know, I don't see him making a lot of, passes even over the middle a lot you know a lot of them are deep passes a lot of them are to the sidelines and that's not a problem but it becomes a tendency so it's easily defendable where if maybe russell wilson could run a bit more just a couple more times a game and show his athleticism a little bit it could open up the field and that's i'm not saying it's something he should do i'm just saying that i think it's something that uh where as a defensive coach in Pete carroll you're kind of not you know going that route you're kind of just letting him kind of improvise and do his own thing 
uh, within the plays that you choose. Uh, and that's why I think it's amazing that not only is he allowing him, but he's making him a better runner. You can tell that he's trying to not get hit. He's trying to get as many yards as he can and not get hit. He's not just trying to slide. He's trying to go out of bounds. He's trying to make everybody miss and go out of bounds. He's trying to make everybody miss and then get somewhere that's safe. Yeah. You know I mean, so it's very just Russell uh, Wilson-esque. Yeah. yeah. Like very, very smart, smart uh, individual runner. A lot better than Russell Wilson, though, I have to say. Pro- <laughs> Not the size, but he's yeah. just unbelievably faster and, and and quicker than any quarterback. Honestly, any quarterback I've seen. He's not as fast as Michael Vick, but no. damn, I have never seen anybody quicker in a small space. No, he, he look, as far as speed, definitely. I mean, people think Russell Wilson's fast and Mahomes are fast, but they're not really fast quarterbacks. They're just mobile. They have mobility, they got good lateral movement, and their first step is big. You know, we could say the same thing about Josh Allen. He, he, I mean, maybe he has breakaway speed, maybe he doesn't, but he, he has good mobility and he has good lateral movement. And that first step, um, people, this is why people can catch him at the end, but that first step, very much like um, the short white guys like Welker or um, if you remember Wayne Crobet, um, mm-hmm. there's another guy out there, Edelman. They're they're good first step guys. That's why they're that's why that's how they they become so open, and not because right. like you said because they're fast, but because they have a twitch twitch quickness that 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 goes with that, and and that's a tribute to the quarterback. I mean, dude, you want to talk about breakaway speed for a quarterback? Daniel Jones is the guy I think of. That's the Man, guy that's, that's just crazy, that's yeah. the guy just running through the ranks. You know, nineteen <sighs> miles, twenty one miles an hour. Dude ran so fast two weeks ago he, he fell on his own. <laughs> The invisible, only the invisible man could get him. <laughs> Rob, my question. All right. Are they the best team in the AFC West right now? I'm asking you this because they're playing the Seahawks this Thursday, and I'm not letting either one of us off the hook. Let's come with that energy, boy. Um, So, uh, the best in the AFC West right now? Yes. And I say that just because the last couple games, you know, Seahawks have been down, Arizona has been up, but over the course of the season, you know, for me, it's longevity, you know, and, and what the Seahawks have established over many seasons, but like just over this season is, you know, they've had new pieces they've had an established team for a long time. And they usually come out pretty much 13, three, 12 and four. And, you know, I'm not saying it's not possible that the Cardinals can't do that, but, they have to not only beat Seattle twice, they have to uh, not only beat everybody in their division twice, they have to actually not lose more than three, four <laughs> more games. You know, it's 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 yeah. a tough it's a tough sell. And I'm not saying they're not they're not a team that can't do it, but that's saying they're gonna win the next six games is, is very difficult, you know. Not so uh, I just see um, the Seahawks Maybe even, you know, the Cardinals beat the Seahawks this week. I could definitely see that happening. They've beaten um, them in Seattle last year when right. they weren't even that right. good. They're just, you know, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, as I still question, think Seattle the, has its cracks as a, yeah. as, a, as a playoff team, you know. But I, I think that uh, as a division rival, you know, they take them very seriously. So, yeah, I could definitely see uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals beating them this week, but even uh, Seattle coming out at the top of the division at the end of the year. Yeah, for me – uh, the best team in the NFC West is Seattle. I mean, we'll know 
listen, when the facts change, so so does my opinion. Okay, so so let's say they play Thursday and and he beats Seattle again in Seattle. Then, um, I mean, it's really easy to change my mind and Monday morning quarterback the next Tuesday uh, sport, sports debate. But right now, the fun of it is just just talking about it before that game happens. You know, so. Um, uh, is, do I say it definitively? No, I mean, uh, just good coach and good quarterback and previous competitions has beaten him with uh, has beaten Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks with lesser talent. So, I mean, now they have some talent. And, and you know, Drake, Drake actually uh, um, said people said Drake had a. Um, a pedestrian game and he did but that's a pedestrian 100 yards rushing so so now they do have a running game so i mean and they've always had good secondaries which which again goes back to how impressed i am with josh allen i mean i mean this yo arizona peterson and them guys they they find a way to hit you legally, man. You just don't want to. Buddha Baker. You know? Yeah, they got they're, a great secondary. They're the, top, they're, the, they're the hardest. They're the most brutal two-hand touch team. Like when they when you catch the ball, they're pushing you and you're flying, dude. They're the most brutal two-hand touch team you ever going to see in the NFL. <laughs> All right, so here's my other question before we jump on to the other thing because – we got a lot of this we're going to answer in quick question. And, of course, we have our section of shame and no shame. And let's not forget about the NFL pick six. Got to go through that. NFL standings right now. I have a question for you, a fun question. Which team or which division has the best chance of sending all or three teams to the playoffs? Meaning the division champ and both wildcard teams. Actually, there are no both wildcard teams. Are there seven, there's seven spots this year for the playoffs, right? Uh, I'm not even sure how the playoffs All right, look, runs I'll, this year. I'll stick to the narrative. Which team, which division has a chance of sending three teams to the playoffs? I'll give you two choices. I'll narrow it down. Is it the AFC North, which is the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, and Bengals? Or is it the NFC West, which is the Niners, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. Now I'm going to give you a flash pick of the North first. Check it out. It's pretty freaking competitive, huh? Yeah, it is. I mean, and, even you know, even the, even that the Browns hold up. I just think the Bengals are going to show up at the end of the year I and know. maybe screw all that and up ruin, <laughs> and ruin everybody's day. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, so that's and the Browns one. fall off. And let's go to the NFC West. Let's go to the NFC West, 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 and. Boom. Excuse me. Let's do. Sorry. Let's do that. NFC West. Look at that. That's yeah, tight, dude. I mean, the Seahawks in the three seat. Like, come on. Yeah. And, the, and the Niners. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Niners, but. Mm-hmm. Well, um, assuming there's seven teams. Look over here. And these two are going to uh, probably hold hands going to the playoffs together, right? If they keep winning out and looking at mm-hmm. the schedule, right? Yeah. But, I thought the Panthers would be a little more competitive. But, yes, yeah, so I, I, I mean, definitely NFC West. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, the Rams are a little surprising to me, but you know, records and defense don't lie. <laughs> you know, in my essence, and then Cardinals and Seahawks. I think they're both make really solid offensive teams, solid defense. You know, look, look they'll make that. the playoffs. I don't know what damage they'll do in the playoffs, but I definitely think that's that would be my divisional pick. But look at that, dude! Like the Niners. The team that was in the Super Bowl last year, you know, one of the best defenses and one of the best right. run run blocking teams. Wow, man, you're right. That that's that's got some depth. But hey, look, good question to ask, good problem to have. Um, and 
For me, I'm going the other way. I think it's the AFC North. I think Pittsburgh at some point has to lose, and that gives the Ravens a chance to catch up. Cleveland has, um, I think they have two tough games left. I think they have the Buffalo Bills, but stylistically, they've always done well, well against the Bills, and that's a concern for me. And fun conversation to have. My coach of the year right now is Mike Tom is as Tomlin. I mean, nine and zero with just with just a name. As far as name people or franchise people, the only person you really know on that team is Roethlisberger, and they're undefeated. So, big up to Chase Claypool. That was one of your um, that was one of the guys. When we were, remember we were talking about the draft. You're yeah, like, dude, watch out for this cat from Notre Dame that we thought was a tight end. He was so big. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Jefferson? Jim Jefferson from um, um, Justin Jefferson, Justin LSU, Jefferson, yeah. LSU cat out there catching his behind off of, um, Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who was our cat from the Dallas Cowboys? Still catching balls regardless of who the quarterback oh, is. Oh yeah, CD Lamb. I, why do I keep forgetting? Yeah, CD Lamb. Great, why do I keep forgetting his name? What a great year, huh? For drafting yeah. like uh, uh, wideouts, you know? Really great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, look, Justin Herbert, good, good quarterback. You know, the future is going to be built around our LSU cat in Cincinnati. And mm-hmm. Tua, 3-0. and The Miami's 3-0 and under him. So they're looking... You know, glad they're looking, to hear that. Aren't they looking prettier? More, more, more prettier <laughs> than that. It's like Miami's great. Oh, it's been great. <laughs> oh, man. So cool. So listen, um, let's dip to the NBA a little bit because I miss it already. And I was really, really excited that... They quarantined for a price and no positive tests, which led to this really exciting finals. You know, the overachieving Heat lost to the the uh, the apparent favorite to win the odd, you know the odds on favorite. In fact, maybe the favorite to win next year too. Mm. But the balance of power has a significant chance of shifting, Rob. If James Harden goes to the Nets, my question to you, Rob, is James Harden a fit for the Nets, and where in the Eastern Conference landscape do you see them finishing with James Harden? I mean, for me, it's all about Kevin Durant getting back healthy. Uh, so th- that whole team's success really, uh, you know, thrives around that. <clears throat> but if, let's say, hypothetically, all three, you know, you get James and, you, I mean, you get uh, Kyrie healthy because he's been having his injury issues as well. And you get Kevin Durant healthy, um, <clears throat> and you have a James Harden, kind of like the you know the big three setup they had in OKC uh, way back in the day. I mean, I really like it because you know James Harden is exactly what he was when they drafted him in OKC, and you know we all thought he was more when he came to uh, Houston. He was dropping fifty nine a game, and you know he was just on a tear. Um, and then you know five six years later, you know still not really playing, you know, all pro defense. He's still not really, you know, doing anything but, you know, putting up buckets. And that's not a bad thing, but that's not a cornerstone franchise player. So um, he may be one of the greatest six-man player of all time. Um, You know, that doesn't take anything away from him. He just, if you can't defend, man, (laughs) you're going to have to, they're going to have to find ways for you to score. So, uh yeah, he's uh, – what's tough with him is he's a ball-dominant guard, um, and he's he's a great, you know, assist guy. But is that going to take the ball out of Kyrie's hands? You know, and Kevin Durant is not a, a greedy guy, but is that going to take the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands? You know, so it, it just – at that point when there's only one ball to go around and everybody's a ball-dominant guard, 
Um, you know, and Kyrie actually might be the best off the ball player. It doesn't really mix uh, to me in my mind. But again, if you have shooters, uh, anything's possible in the league. So they could put up 150 a game and not even care about defense. Um, so I just love it that there's a real reputable big three against, uh, you know, true competition now. So I love to, I'd love to see that in Brooklyn. I would love to see that. Yeah. Well, everyone thinks that the East is easy, but when you take into account that the Raptors have better coaching, when you take into account that the Milwaukee Bucks are probably going to be first or second like they were last year, they might be easier, but they're definitely top-heavy. So, so it's for me to say that they're automatically going to finish first in the Eastern Conference, um, I have ca- a slight cause to pause, but with the, the overload of talent, it wouldn't be... You know, I wouldn't be exactly going out on a limb to say, oh, they're going to they're gonna finish first in Eastern Conference. Now, as to, to the team that can that can take these um that can go all the way to the finals the nba finals uh i have huge cause to pause and it's because james harden is joining this team all right kai it's not to me it's not about pleasing him and giving him the ball enough but it's about making keeping Kyrie and kevin durant happy Kyrie irving wasn't happy uh on not getting the ball enough with lebron james and lebron james is one of the 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 He's one of the best passers in, in the history of the NBA. I thought he's passed Bird in a lot of, in a lot of those statistical categories. So, so it's one of those things where they're going the, where Steve head coach Steve Nash is going to have to find the um, ways to keep them happy. Also, in light of the fact that D'Antoni's joining the, the coaching staff as an assistant coach, who I thought was more part of the problem than part of the solution for Houston. Uh, I, I, there's just there's just a, there's just a ton of red flags, right? ISO ball. Listen, the chance of an ISO player winning an NBA title is equivalent to an to NFL Carmelo quarterback. Anthony getting the title. Yeah. Or, or equivalent yeah. to a, um, a mobile Honestly. quarterback winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, it's just, you notice, I you hope, notice, I, no, I wish notice, it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I wish it to happen, but it's just, you know, very, very difficult just the way the game is going to be played at that point. And I agree with you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, man. It's I, like it's like asking for a team with a big man, you know, to win nowadays. You know, it would be great, it's really but it's hard. just not realistic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, they're they are good enough to to help you finish first or second in the conference, right? Because right. you have this healthy balance of teams that are competitive, that are top tier. But you're, you're definitely going to have teams like the New York Knicks, uh, uh, who are more than willing to to lay down and die for you and get your autograph and take pictures with you at the end. Maybe maybe roast some marshmallows and sing camp songs when it's when it's all said and done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, disguised Nick bashing and not really. So <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I I. I I don't care much for the switch, and I think the two of them alone could. What they can do with Harden is the same thing that that they can do without. You know, can he win a title with them? I don't. I don't know. I mean, the guy had multiple chances with different teams, and it's not like Anthony Davis, you know, who made who made the decision, who you knew was still on his way up. I mean. There comes a time where people stop stop rewarding people for potential. <laughs> you know, that's true. You know, he is, and I mean, you know, yeah. with their assets they have on their team, you know, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I, yeah, I agree with that. It's just like you said, it would just be like giving more to something that's that's, you know, that's already strong. It's just not necessary. Yep. Well, shoot. All right, hey, we dipped our toe in the NBA, and now we're jumping neck deep back into the NFL because this portion is called the NFL Pick 6. We've been doing it every week. We are the host, battling the guest. Last week, our guest was Chris Ships, 
and Chris Ships kicked our butt. Congratulations to Chris Ships. You were four and two. I was two and four. Rob was two and four. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have the games that he picked or whatever that put him over the top, but this is um, our overall right now. You are still over 500, 25 and 21. Floating. Our guests are 27 and 19, and I am 19 and 27. I am the anti-guest, if you will. There was def- there was a tie there, but I'm just going just raw, raw um, wins and losses right now because at this point, with all of us having a tie, the tie is not relevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, because we all picked a team, I think we all picked the Eagles, and I think they tied with the Bengals or something like that. Yeah, that's how something that happened. Like that. So this week, my man, our special guest is the one, the only. Put him up, Cambeans, <laughs> Cameron Beans, who was on the Option Podcast last week. Who, who's been promoting his Chesapeake um, Elite Volleyball Academy. He basically de- helps develop people in, people's individual skill sets and does promotional videos to help them get recruited. And he's got some, I don't know what in the, what's in the drinking water in Chesapeake, but they're, these, these, these girls are like cave trolls, man. Cave trolls like a play ball, man. So big up to Cam. Yep, big up to Cam. I know he said, he said same thing. Shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? You guys watch each other from afar, and, and there it is, both volleyball players. Uh, first game. First game, we're going to go Thursday game. Of course, let's go as early as Thursday. We have the Cardinals visiting the Seahawks. Rob, who's going to win? Uh, you know, I think Cardinals had a you know real emotional game. So I, I really think that uh, going to the Seahawks, I think that the Seahawks are really going to come out strong. They've had a cu- tough couple of games, so I'm going to go Seahawks on this one. Yeah, Seahawks um, do extremely well on the road. I mean, at home, so, very, so much so that you can count on your hands how many times they've lost games at home. And, and ironically enough, their last one of their last losses at home happened to be the Arizona Cardinals. But the 12th man will definitely be there in spirit. Russell Wilson, even when he makes mistakes, even on his worst day, he's still in the game. You've never seen him out of the game except the Buffalo Bills game a couple of weeks ago. And I still think Kyler Murray's got another year to pass Russell Wilson. I mean, in so many ways, he's, he's better, but... Um, Russell Wilson is Kyler Murray. Still Kyler Murray 2.0. I'm going Seahawks. And Cameron Beans, who did you pick, bruh? I got to get to your text. The man text me his winners. He's a last-minute super sub, too, so I'm eternally grateful. And Cam Beans is going to go – let's do that. Sorry, Cardinals. Cam Beans is going Cardinals. All right, so game two, the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz visiting the Cleveland Browns. I'll go first on this one. Bow, wow, wow, didio, didio, Cleveland's and Cleveland's in the house. <laughs> that came up messed up, messed up. But you know what's not going to come up messed up? Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to, he's got great relationship with Jarvis Landry. Their running game, their two-headed beast is back with, with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Miles Garrett is leading the lead in sacks right now. And and mind you, that that's only a statistic. Not That doesn't count the number of times he's pressuring people and in everybody's face. The man is at the scene of the crime every Everywhere, and it'll definitely be at the scene of the crime here. I'm going Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to agree with you. As long as it's not the Philadelphia Eagles, I will pick that team. <laughs> so you're going Browns? Yes. 
All right, my man Cam Beans, who you got? You got, he's going with the dog pound too. He's got the Browns. Cam Beans got the Browns. Game three, we have the Falcons visiting the New Orleans Saints. Rob. I'm going to go with Saints on this one. Keep it quick. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Falcons on this for the upset. All of their games have been, all of their losses have been collapses, but since their coach got fired, if I felt like they righted the wrong and we drew Bees out for the next couple of weeks and and the Saints hell-bent on, on having Winston start instead of um, instead of our, our, our all-purpose guy. I forgot that guy, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's an upset pick, but in order for me to catch up with you guys, I got to freaking, I got to pick against you. Okay, so and our man, Cameron Beans, says the Saints will be marching on. All right, we got game four. Let's see, Titans, Ravens. I got to go first on this one. Got to go Baltimore Ravens. I think it's going to be a game of chess, and I think, as far as as much as I respect Mike Vrabel, I think one of the sickest chess players we know is John Harbaugh. And in light of the fact Lamar might be a little angry and crass about losing to, to <laughs> and they dropped a dumb one this weekend. Uh, um, Patriots, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was terrible conditions, though. Not yeah. not great for his kind of throwing style either. Yeah, or running style for that matter. But yeah, yeah. Who do you got? Um, Titans yeah, I'm gonna. Are you, you, you still pick? I'm going Ravens. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Titans on this one. You know, I think uh, especially after last week, you know, it's kind of a, a mental, not not a class, but you know, it's just like difficult. You know, playing from one environment and going to another environment, um, and then uh, you know the Titans are really good against the run. You know, uh, they also have to fight against the Derrick Henry every day in practice, so they understand what it's going to take to bring down a, a tough runner. So. Uh, I, I really like what the Titans do, and I think they're a tough team to beat, and this is a game they kind of come in and win. All right, and our guy Cam Beans. Oh, hot damn. This is our Cam. He picks the Titans. All right, game five of our, in our pick six segment. We have the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, that bad man, visiting the Indianapolis Colts, navigated by Phil Rivers. Who do you got, Rob? I mean, I feel like this is going to be a tougher game um, than, than people think. Uh, and I really like what the Colts have going on. Um, but I'm just not going to pick against my my uh, Packers this year. I just think they <clears throat> got got good connection this year. And uh, we'll see what, see what happens. So I'm going to pick the Packers. The only problem I have more more with this game are just the fantasy projectors more than watch, more than just watching a fun game. You know, I got, I had I had this I had Jake um, the starting running back from Indianapolis and the backup running back ended up having twenty eight fantasy points. And the only redeeming thing about that is I had him on my roster to make sure nobody can screw me. So I had both of them, but unfortunately I had him on the bench. Ninety points on the bench total, which is more points that I got from my starter. So, uh, fun fantasy thing. So for my fantasy people, if you want to start Hines do it because he's he's getting banged for his buck but do not pick the cults on this i'm going with the packers and so is cameron beans you are going packers all right last game of the pick six rob we are going rams monday night game rams visiting the bucks i'm going to go first on this one 
the Bucks have some kinks they need to fix, but it seems like every time they have a problem, the, the very next week, as little as the very next week, they, they, they work on fixing or they have fixed it. And in this copycat league, you have to continue to fix problems, and nobody's a better problem fixer in this league than Tom Brady. Tom Brady against Goff, with all things considered, good coaches. I got to go Brady, and I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I don't know what's happened with the with the Bucks this year. They've had like amazing games and terrible games and then okay games. So they've just been all over the place. Uh man, this is difficult. I, I'm gonna go with the Rams in this one. Um I just feel like, you know, the Bucks are too up and down and, and the Rams are, you know, very consistent this year. As 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 tough as it's been, you know, they've been very consistent and so I'm I'm gonna hop with the Rams in this one. Rob McLean, the man with testicular fortitude. But maybe, look, maybe you just trust their defense, man. I mean, Aaron Donald's do, a problem. Man. Aaron Ramsey, Donald, you know, Ramsey, Ramsey's a problem. I mean, last week they won, and and, he, and Aaron Donald didn't even get a sack. It was everybody else because they were paying and attention to him. Last week I was watching Tampa Bay have a lot of issues running the ball. So mm. we'll see what's going on. Yeah, or maybe just the Saints own them. They're 7-3, and three, and two of the three, the three losses are the Saints, you know? Mm. That's crazy. I mean, well, Beans, Beans is going with the Bucks. He's going with me on this one. But I, I, honestly, I like your pick. It is something that you do have to take a deep breath and and, and let it out. And so, <laughs> well, I um, mean, you got to think. Two years ago, you know, Sean McVay was up for Coach of the Year, and you know, Jared Goff was like best play, best comeback player of the year, and you know, right in the MVP conversation. You know, not really close. You know, maybe top five, top seven, but. You know, he's right in there as one of the best quarterbacks. And then there was a big drop-off. There was a lot of talent lost on that team. So you don't really know. Like, just like you're saying with the Falcons, it could just be like a little switch. And, and you know, they're back to, a, you know, playing a high level. No, no doubt. Okay, so that takes care of NFL. And now... Rob McLean, <laughs> we move on to one of my favorite categories, even though there hasn't been a whole lot of... Um, uh, one-minute subject matters. With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is shame or no shame. 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 Come check out. Here we go. So, Rob McLean, starting the clock for us right now. Let's do that. And let's do this. Rob McLean, to shame or not to shame. The Browns are up 10-7. Nick Chubb breaks one with 50 seconds left. Decides to run out of bounds before he scores. Shame or no shame? Do you take the points on that or do you do what he does? Um, well, you know, I say shame just because, you know, if you're going to do something, you know, and you're going to try to do the smart thing, at least you know, do it without, you know, making it <laughs> look like all crazy. Cause, uh, you know, <laughs> as, as much as you, as much as you're trying to do good things, you know, you still want your team to go and, and win this victory in like a good, smooth, clean way. You don't want to, you know, start double getting, you know, second guessing yourself. So if you're going to do, you know, the, the knee down or whatever, do it and just do it smooth. If not, then just score the touchdown. Yeah. Look, the only shame I have in this Rob is that he forgot I mean, if he remembered, he would have taken the knee inbounds and and the clock could have kept running and then won victory formation. But I got to go no shame because if he scores, 
and the and and the Browns have to play defense, there's a chance that players can get hurt. Someone could get cut. You know, maybe a team's angry and crass that they're losing. Maybe take a cheap shot. You avoid all of that traffic just by doing the victory formation. So shame um, that he. <laughs> sorry, shame that he. Um, let's reverse that. Yeah, shame that he ran out of bounds and forgot because now you stop the clock. But lucky for them, the other team didn't have any timeouts left anyway. So they did the victory forma formation, but no shame because you put in team first instead of um, uh, Las Vegas betting line or fantasy owners first. So. <laughs> Guys, that concludes uh, Shame or No Shame. We're almost through this and we are going to finish up with quick question. Quick questions, quick questions. Thank you, Fighter and the Kid, for that musical um, um, bite that I just bit from them, but got to cite my sources, got to be real. Rob, quick question. Who has a better shot at making the playoffs, the Dolphins or the Raiders? Um, <clears throat> you know, a, a quick question. Yeah, um, I'll have to say the Dolphins. I got to say know. Dolphins. I say Dolphins. Yeah. Yep. Rob, quick question. Do the Patriots have a shot at the playoffs? Uh, a shot? Yeah. Uh, do I think they'll make it in? No. Me? No. I say no. I got Buffalo and Miami out of that, and I can't say they'll make it in the same breath and at the same time pick Miami to go in, so I'd be contradicting myself. Um, quick question, Rob. Paul Felder, the Irish Dragon, fought over the weekend. Last-minute fight. He was in a triathlon, but came in as, and super sub to fight RDA, who, by the way, has the toughest roster. If you look at RDA's last 10 fights, uh, that's savage. But Irish Dragon got pretty banged up. Is it? Do you think he should retire early, or do you think he should keep fighting? No, I think he should schedule a fight, have a full training camp, and then <laughs> fight somebody. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> it's like, dude, don't I mean, retire. Just stop doing this last-minute favor shit for Dana. <laughs> honestly, I thought he was a commentator for the last three years. I thought he'd been a commentator because I'd be like, yo, where's your fights at? And then, oh, yeah, like last year he started fighting again. I'm like, come on, man. Like, yo. But in my so, mind, go ahead, please. No, finish. No, it's just I, I think he's a high-level fighter. I think maybe he's, you know, kind of getting to the, the Brandon Schaub area, area where he's a really good fighter, but there's levels to it, you know, where he just kind of can't break out of his own shell and, and, and evolve his game, which I really do see. I think he's great at certain things, but there's a lot of holes in his game. Um, and at this stage, it's like you can't learn and then hone and then master more skills. You know, you just kind of have to get better at the things that you know. Um, and, and I just don't think he, 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 he possesses a lot enough to be that championship fighter he wants to be. Um, uh, and I don't think he wants to fight, you know, be that gatekeeper, you know, play that Donald Cerrone role. And I don't think anybody really does. So you take too much damage. Uh, you take too much yeah. damage like that in those fights. Just Cerrone, and man, the way that he damage, fights. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. It's just like a Gagey, you know, where it's like Gagey was a gatekeeper for, you know, a couple of years where he was an exciting fighter. So they kept throwing him in versus tough guys and he'd win one, he'd lose one, he'd win one, he'd lose one. And then smartened um, up. Yeah. Yeah. And then smartened up to, to fight a different style because, you know, you can't just battle people out. And I think that's Paul Felder. He's a brawler. He wants to put you against the cage. He wants to control his area and make him come to you. And, 
Um, I just think, you know, this game is evolving too fast. He's, he's got a great mind for the, for the, for the commentating part of the sport. Uh, he's got a great mind for the sport. Um, but you know, putting that and executing that on the, on the octagon, I don't think is, is, is his area anymore, but I still think he can fight. I still think he should fight, but like I, uh, I'll iterate to reiterate to from before is I just want to see him in a full camp, you know, fully prepared. Uh, and then have a, an opponent that really he, he could have success against. And then, then we can see if he, if he needs to retire. But at this point, if he's just going to keep taking short fights, yeah, I think he could retire. But this fight, listen, this main event was so poorly promoted. In my mind, I thought somewhere in the middle of the fight, Paul just took the headset off and said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because for anyone uh, who watches mixed martial arts, this is equivalent to basically just someone getting out of the suit and going back and changing and coming over. Okay. The, only, this reason is like why, the, free the only reason why he even made weight is because he was training for a triathlon. So he already had, so he already had that, but I agree with you. He shouldn't retire, but he needs to, he needs to chill and, and properly prepare for some of these fights, especially fights. You know, he's going to take a lot of damage. I mean, that fight with or, Dan Hooker, that was five rounds of, of just. How about like, just prepare for a fight that's going to be some against a championship fighter. How about prepare for a fight when it's in a five round fight? Like that's just, I think that that should just not be legal. You know, you can super sub a fight for a three round fight, but you know, there's got to be some sort of like maybe there's a rule against it where your last fight ha or you know, in the last fight or two, you've had to have had a five round fight because that'd be the know, only way I take that fight in the main event. That's just it crazy. couldn't be five rounds, you know. What I mean, a tri look, the triath training for the triathlon, of course, you got the cardio, but you're not getting punched in the face and and and. Look, RDA we know could do some damage, man. You, you, even the fights he's lost, you come out of those those, those fights not the same. So, yeah. So there goes our quick question. We had to extend that one, but but because we always, we over to the guy we love, you know, the Irish Dragon comes comes to ball, and we got to give him his respect. Absolutely. Um, quick question: How many years does LeBron James have left? I'll go first on this. I'll say two. He has more than two years left, but I think. He's gonna he's gonna self-assess and be like, you know what? I did four years everywhere. This you know four-year contract with the Lakers, you know. I, I really contingent on how many rings he wins. I say two. I say two more. So I say four, and I, I think a lot of that is really you know around his son trying. He's trying to get his son to play with him in the league uh, before he retires. Wow. And I think his son's like seventeen right now. So and a phenom know, like his dad. Right. Well, you know, you know, high like school phenom. So whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, he he's just going to try to stay, stay around for that. So four years for me. Okay. Quick question: Can the Dodgers be repeat champions? Can the Dodgers win the World Series next year? Uh, again, can they? Yes. Will they? No. I I think they can and they will. Quick question. Um, can the Nets win the title if they get Harden? We can skip that. I I already said no. They're not going to win the title with Harden. I mean, I don't know. They have a better chance of winning without, so I'm skipping that. I mean, the that. East is pretty, you know, shallow. You know, wherever Giannis goes and then, you know, the Heat is the top of the East. Like, so the East is wide open. Um, Toronto is the top of the East. Boston. Yeah. The, the East is wide open. Well, they'll get open. there. I mean, they got enough to get there. Yeah, they're gonna get there, and then think about the team they're gonna be facing. Like they have no, uh, they have no perimeter defense. The Lakers, 
you know, so I got to give them an edge in this, in the essence of just how a team would, you know, shape against them. But I think they're trying to bring D'Antoni in there to play Kevin at the five and then run a small team, okay. you know, and I don't like that at all, but Hey, cool. they did it in golden state. So he's got to be cool with it. Sorry. Quick question. No, nah, Hey, quick question. <laughs> Going to boxing Crawford drops a uh, Kel Brook. Via fourth round TKO, Crawford's now 37 and 0, 28 KOs. Can Crawford make it to 40 and 0? Yes, he's number one in my book, pound for pound. That's yep. my dude right there. Yep, and I and I say an emphatic yes to that quick question. He can, and can he can and will be 40 and 0. Guys, that concludes quick question. And now before we go, my shout out doesn't go to anybody local, but goes to someone professionally, Alex Smith. Welcome back to the NFL. They had some injuries for the Washington football team. Still can't use to that get, can't get used to that name, but it seems like he's going to be their starter from at least from here for the next few weeks. Passed for 390 uh-huh. yards as far as yards passing. He was the leader this weekend, from a guy who was inches away from having his leg amputated and sewn off, <laughs> you know, sawed off, to somebody who not only saved his leg but is trying to find a way to resuscitate his career. Glad to see him back in the NFL, right? Look, he got pushed out by Kaepernick because Kaepernick was better. But people forget he got to the NFC Championship game before Kaepernick even came along. That was against the Giants, and I know you remember that. So he gets pushed out, goes to Kansas City. Kaepernick goes to the Super Bowl the next year, right? But then after that, Kaepernick is 2-14. and 14. And what does he do? He goes to Kansas City. He's 13-3. and three. It's like 12 and four. So it's like everywhere he goes. Yeah. So yeah. um, Not the guy everybody talks about, but 64 quarterbacks as far as starters and backups in the league. He, he more than belongs. He more than belongs. Glad to have him back. Good job, Alex Smith. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my shout out, you know, no offense to you, but it would just be to the uh, Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, the reason why Hail Marys don't work is because you swat the ball away. You don't try to catch the ball. When you try to catch the ball, other people catch the ball. So that's how you swat the ball away. That's my good riddance. Honestly, I'd stand right next to him, and as soon as he jumped and put both hands up, I'm going to have a hand. I'm going to have a hand right up the middle and uppercut that ball out of the way. The problem hey, is it might land in someone else's hands. <laughs> you just want right. to spike the ball down. You want to hit the ball straight down. Smack his hand, right? <laughs> right. Just Smack anything. his hand off. Clean off, Rob. Yo, so, all right. So, shoot. That's all I got, man. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? I'm Gucci, man. You're Gucci. I like it. You are the Gucci man. All right, so check it out. Rob might love you, but you know what? I think I love you guys too this week, okay? I I need love, so I got to give love back. You guys give me love, and I got to give back, man. Come on, man. That's driven by virtue and passion. But that's all we got for this week, all right? So for everybody at home, for everybody on their iPad, everyone on their droid, everybody on the desktop who runs the world old school old school for rob keep it mclean mclean this is episode 42 of sports debate tuesday i'm jason debeus and we say we're out come check out the option podcast on optiondb.com it's also available on itunes and spotify and on youtube under the ny varsity sports handle you're gonna love what you hear